Demonette, I'm hungry and I need something in my tum-tum. Get over here. Where are we? Get Henrietta's. Henrietta's? Why? We just had it last week. Everybody loves it. Everybody, we are here at episode 11 of Dying for Midnight, and today we've got a special guest with us, one half of our third grade horror team, Ghostly Puppers. Ghostly Puppers, what is up, number one, and number two, where is the other half, aka Zombie Toots? What's up with that? Um, I'm doing good. Um, Zombie Toots is on some special business that he has to take care of. Oh, is this special horror business? Yes, it is. Oh. You know, mom and dad usually don't like secrets, but I'm going to I'm going to let this one slide cuz I like super official horror business. Okay? Mhm. So, when mom and dad ask you, ghostly puppers, say, "Hey, you want to go see a horror movie?" What's your first reaction? Probably it's going to be a very scary movie and they're taking me to something that probably has some inappropriate scenes that I'm not supposed to be seeing, even though I do see them. And uh, what are some of those scenes that really make you cringe and say, gosh, I wish I wasn't here watching this with my mom and dad? None of it made me feel cringe, but some of it was a little disturbing. Am I allowed to tell spoilers to everyone? Yeah, guys, as you know, with DFM, we always just talk about the movies openly, um, unless it is a uh, opening weekend review. We're a little delayed in getting this out, so um, I'm going to say spoilers. We're, we're not doing a non-spoiler section this time, given it's, it took us a hot minute with some technical difficulties, so she's rolling her eyes at me like, get to the point, buddy. Uh, ghostly Puppers, go ahead, and I'll tell you what, tell us. One, your the scariest scene in Evil Dead Rise for you, and then two, one that you had a hard time watching, or maybe that's the same one. So the first one, for the first question, I don't really think one was the scariest. I wasn't scared by most of them, but some startled me, so I'd say probably... Most of the jump scares scared me. So is there one, was it like the Bridget character or was it the mom? Uh, Was it Danny? Was it um, the little girls? It The jump scares were probably the mom. The mom was probably the scariest jump scare. She was like an undead monkey in this movie. I know. It was disturbing. And the most disturbing part that... I did not even want to see was at the start where they do one day before all that happened. Oh, yeah. When uh, her... Mom and dad forgot to cover your eyes in that part. Yeah. She the... had a little tug on her hair, didn't she? Yeah. The t- um, let's just say, um, I think Emma was it, but she got infected first and she pulled up the off the top of someone's hair so little problem mommy and daddy let you see a little scalping didn't they yeah (laughs) no big deal right yeah right you slept fine since right oh yeah i actually did sleep fine so let me ask you this ghostly puppers 
one, who was your favorite character in this film? I would have to say Bridget. Bridget? Because for some reason, I just don't know why she's my favorite character. Just for some reason, I feel like she's a good character. Okay. Until she turns into an undead person, then that's not good. But And what was your favorite know. scene with Bridget? My favorite scene was probably when she... Um, was it in the kitchen? Yeah, um, like crouching like spider-man yeah spider-man spider-man crouching in the kitchen like a dead eye can <laughs> spins his web the sister flies look out now she's eating glass <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong why was she eating glass ghostly puppers you need to remind me oh yeah she had the cockroaches in her stomach i need to get something out of my tum-tums <laughs> but how does glass fix that listen it's a deadite breakfast it's weird it's a deadite snack it's weird how she thinks glass will fix it. Maybe it's because it'll cause holes to poke through so the cockroaches go through the holes maybe. Mm. I don't know. So let me, I want to know, do you think that there should be a sequel or another Evil Dead Rise movie? Yeah, I think so because... Or a sequel to Evil Dead. Because I mean. there were movies adding up to that movie and that was definitely different than Army of Darkness. It was definitely a different theme. You make a really good point. What was different about um, Evil Dead Rise compared to Army of Darkness? Um, first of all, Army of Darkness was in like medieval times, and it was based in like a store and mm -hmm. stuff. And Evil Dead Rise was based in like this one city in this one apartment. What about the tone? The tone of the two movies, like one made you feel one way, or one made you feel a different way. Army of Darkness kind of made me laugh and chuckle because Army of Darkness was not really scary. It had spooky elements, but it wasn't so horrorish. And Evil Dead Rise gave me the scary element, the violent element, and all those elements that would have in a scary horror movie really scary horror movie so let let me ask you this and then i'll let you go back to your important horror business ghostly puppers mm -hmm. one what would you rather see in the movie theater the next couple years scream seven or another evil dead rise probably maybe uh, another evil dead rise Ooh, only because scream is not really scary to me and i like seeing scarier more like you have to be like more mature about the more scarier ones and scream isn't really scary it's kind of spooky but that's about it i'm biased but i think you're starting to handle these movies better than dear old dad so last mm -hmm. question ghostly puppers i gotta know where did you get your moniker your horror moniker of ghostly puppers what does moniker mean <laughs> it's another word for a nickname dear like a screen name um so first of all, I love ghosts and paranormal stuff. So that's why I say ghostly. Gotcha. And puppers in my glass, like I use puppers f short for like puppies and pups and like dogs. And I love dogs. I'm a dog person, a puppy person. So that's why I name myself ghostly puppers. All right, ghostly puppers. 
that's all we need from you for today. And uh, guys, if you haven't heard Ghostly Puppers or Zombie Toots, um, I would say maybe once every five to ten episodes we'll have them on for a little bit. Uh, earlier this season, they helped us review Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. And I know Zombie uh, Toots had a lot of fun with this one. He uh, lost a little bit of sleep with this one. Not much, mm-hmm. like an hour or so. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I know he was hesitant to keep bringing it yeah, up. He so had, we're going to let him off the hook here. He had, but, I, but like you said, he's on some kind of secret mm-hmm. horror mission. I don't know what he's up to. He had at least one nightmare from that movie. And I feel bad for him, to be honest. I hate losing sleep. Ghostly Puppers. Did you know there's a 2013 remake to the original Evil Dead? No, I did not. So Jake, the Midnight Traveler, is going to talk a little bit about that later on in the episode. Okay. Yeah, I know you like you and Zombie Toots like talking with Mr. Jake every once in a great while. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you let me hear what he said because I want to hear about that stuff. I want to hear about the 2013 remake. So maybe put it on a sticky note or something. <laughs> you got it. Yes, boss. <laughs> okay. Bye, folks. Thanks, Ghost of Puppers. I'll see you soon. All right. Raising them right, folks. That was Thoughts from a Nine-Year-Old Horror Hound. Now we're going to move on to our comfy horror movie review. And uh, apologies in advance that it took us a few extra days to get this episode out. Uh, we had some technical glitches. We had some life glitches. But now we're getting comfy. Uh, I'm not as comfy as I could be. I forgot I had my jeans and my shoes are still on down here. Oh, I'm comfy and cozy. The purple robe rises. <laughs> so, Carrie, is there anything I can do to help you make you... Help you make you... <laughs> wow. Help me be more cozy? Yes. See, the problem is, folks, I started the whiskey before she even came down here. So, before I slur and stumble any further... Demonette, anything I can do to help you be more comfy today? Pour me some whiskey. Pour you some whiskey. Don't hog the whiskey. Yes. So, um, yeah, guys, as I said earlier, episode 11, Evil Dead Rise, we took the kids, Zombie 2, to bow out of this one. He's he's mentally trying to move on from Evil Dead Rise, but more importantly, the, the kid is tired from standardized tests. Uh, takes him a, a lot of energy to get through a school day sometimes. But uh, we didn't want to push him too far. So I'm going to try not to spill your uh, whiskey. He only had one nightmare. So what's this? This, uh, yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, Ardbeg. This is Ardbeg Ugadal whiskey Ooh. from Isla in Scotland. Um, 54.2%. And this thing has got a beautiful, like, copper color to it. Mm, that looks good. There you go. Thank we, you. We got to savor this whiskey. Yes. Um, usually we buy something that's a little cheaper than this one, but we said, what the hell this time? Mm. <coughs> so, uh, yeah, Evil Dead Rise, a family-friendly movie, Carrie. Um, Indeed. Uh, oh, she heard that Jake has watched the uh, 2013 remake, and... She's a little disappointed in you that you haven't watched it yet. I, I know. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm disappointed you, in myself. Listen, I do. We have to revoke your deadite like membership. Nah. 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 Listen, we were very busy that year that it came out. Um, 
I was focused on trying to get pregnant and going through fertility. You know what treatment. it was? You know why you shied away from watching more horror movies that year? Because you got pregnant, and I show, I showed you all Hallow's Eve with Art yes. the Clown, and I was having heart palpitations. Oh my god, you were pissed! At I me. was afraid I was going to lose the, the babies because I was having heart palpitations. That's why I bowed <laughs> out. Okay, now I think you're being a little melodramatic about this. It wasn't that far along. <laughs> Justifying showing her Art the Clown while pregnant. Yeah, Art the Clown should come with, like you know, don't ride this ride if you're pregnant or have heart condition. Art the Clown should come with that disclaimer on those posters. Um, hey, guys, listen. Before we go um, further down the whiskey pregnant, <laughs> to be clear, nobody's drinking whiskey while pregnant. No. Um, just want to say thank you um, to everybody who has listened to us so far, um, has put up with us while we learn and grow on this podcast. We are uh, over 615 followers on Twitter. We're about 383 or so on Instagram and uh, Facebook's taken a little bit um, longer. That's kind of uh, the Midnight Travelers domain. <coughs> um, uh, but uh, we really appreciate everybody, um, especially your Spotify listeners. Um, really all our listeners had a lot of people on uh, using their Alexa to uh, listen to us, actually. Ooh. I'm surprised it didn't activate. I actually took our Alexa out of here into the garage uh, while it was raining. And uh, listen to some of that. But um, anyways, yeah, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, let me start off by saying earlier, um, this was really, this was like towards the end of last week. We had asked the question on Twitter. We posted our audiogram featuring the Midnight Traveler. Um, we, we asked, we said, without saying Carpenter 82, the thing, what is your favorite horror remake? Speaking of remakes, Carrie. Um we had one of our followers, uh, Christopher Moss, uh, mention 1988's remake of The Blob. So Christopher Moss, that's a good one that uh, not too many people mention when they uh, think of uh, remakes. That doesn't come up in discussion um, all that more. And, of course, we responded and told him that we love that one. I do really love that suggestion. And um, that actually brings me to uh, an announcement. And I... I was going to hold off making this announcement um semi blob related well very blob related but yes um joe bob has been uh having he had to cancel a or excuse me postpone a show lately and um hope he's doing okay it sounds like from his assistant that it's he's doing fine i've seen the tweets and the updates about it and um yeah, actually, a week from this Saturday, on Saturday, May the 6th, fingers crossed that Joe Bob, selfishly, I hope he just gets better, period, but selfishly, um, this would be our first time going to see him in person. He's going to be at the Colonial where they had filmed the original Blob, um, the one that has uh, Steve McQueen in it from the 50s, and um, he is going to be hosting, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. um, Call to the Rockstar Night, where he's going to do a double feature of your man, Bruce Campbell, your knight in shining armor. Yeah. Uh, and Bubba Hotep and uh, Rock and Roll High School featuring the Ramones. And uh, I can't help but say, you know, PJ Souls, totally. Um, Carrie, can I get a totally from you? Totally. Totally. Like, I don't know why I have to bring all my books home from school. I don't know this book and that, but what a goofy line from Halloween. Um, but 
fun fun friend characters and uh right on cue there's pumpkin starting to destroy the furniture <coughs> um chewing up the pillows massacring the blankets um on uh, instagram i wanted to mention somebody too carrie okay we've got um really cool content creator called haunting happenings and they started a story chain where you know they they start with a sentence and they want you to continue on um they had this really cute image it actually reminded me of the ghost on pac-man but the story chain started the old abandoned house on the hill always gave me the creeps but tonight something was different uh so i just wanted to mention those guys and um of course, we went on we and we added our two cents somewhere along the way. And I, I had to drop a couple of movie references in my part of the chain where uh, <clears throat> one, it was a Ford Country Squire that I referenced, which all you horror hounds know that that's the type of uh, wagon vehicle that um, Michael Myers stole oh, to yeah. escape um, from the insane asylum. Yeah. And uh, make his way to Haddonfield. And then, of course, I dropped Jenny, who's my favorite movie horror heron of all time from friday the 13th part two which is my favorite slasher so sorry i had a little geek out moment so thank you haunting happenings for that geek out moment because that that was a little fun you actually you guys brightened my day a little bit with that um so that's our little announcement hopefully it still happens if not carrie we've got uh later on in this segment we're going to talk about some of our favorite joe bob episodes kind of in honor of hopefully going to the uh Call it to the Rockstar Night, but also because season five just started this past week. And um, out of the double feature, Carrie, who did you, or Hugh, we enjoyed all of them, but what movie did you enjoy out of Zombie and uh, The Beyond? Oh, I enjoyed Zombies. The Beyond uh, is growing on me. It, I, I like The Beyond, and I like that there's this, you can make it whatever you want it to be. It's up open to interpretation. I love that. Um However, I, I just I really enjoyed the zombies. I yeah, mean, the, the the shark dancing scene. What? There's no shark dancing. Well, he, the zombie now was they're... dancing with the shark. Somebody do a shark dancing scene in horror now. <laughs> okay, make that a thing because what I'm talking about and referring to is the Fulci film featuring the zombie versus shark battle underwater, mind you. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I was tired and I didn't pick up on this underwater dancing that you speak of. The zombie was if doing you a little dance. At, if you looked at her right now, this is some kind of Pee Wee Herman type move going on. Okay. <laughs> you look like one of those grandparents in Dirty Dancing. Let's do the pachanga. Okay. That's what it looked like. And the grandpa's got his high black socks on and shorts. Um, okay. We are really, <laughs> really off. going off the path here from our Evil Dead Rise review. Let's go right in, Carrie, too. Thoughts on the creators, the cast, the location. Um, a note, everybody, as I'm sure you've all read now, there's been plenty of articles out there, Fangoria, Bloody Disgusting, all the big guys. Um, that, uh, of course, Fangoria, they they helped Evil Dead get their uh, start. Um, <clears throat> they were one of the first to review and support them. But um, anyways, this had a blessing from the executive producers, also known as Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi right um carrie what are your location thoughts because when you and i when the opening started and it's becoming a very popular opening rightfully so it's a great opening um you can have a whole episode on horror movie openings by the way um yeah 
I did not feel at any given point that we were in the United States throughout the entirety of this no. entire film. Um, maybe inside their apartment when it was really contained, but that opening felt like anything but anywhere that I've seen in the United States. And obviously it was not. I mean, I do believe it's supposed to be somewhere in California. So is it, right, never... is it right near, is it right near Jason and the Jarvises? Are they right across the lake from the Jarvis family? <laughs> I, I Listen, I don't know, but that water definitely, it looked not from. That wasn't American water. The United States, <laughs> from what I could tell. Like it was beautiful and visually stunning. Our visually stunning lake has nothing but pure premium imported water from New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, I've heard New Zealand is beautiful, so I can, I can only imagine. But it 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 for me it did not feel like can the somebody, United States. I can't help but go immediately to Lord of the Rings when I think of filming in New Zealand. Like, can somebody dub Lord of the Rings music over Evil Dead Rise? Da 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 da. da and well, the scalp there, comes there, off. There was that little theme that came up with the rising of the title oh oh the title card yeah at the start of this movie was amazing um it, i actually got super pumped when yeah. i saw that um carrie talk a little bit more about the opening while i gather my thoughts here like so, talk about the boyfriend and the drone oh yeah the the boyfriend um he you wanted to see him you know just, he, he was a bit of a jerk. He was a bit of a jerk, and he was just one of those guys that was just, I guess, drinking all the time. And, you know, all of these events occurred within 24 hours. The fact that these were cousins, right? So there was the Jessica, girls, Teresa, yes. and um, Caleb was the guy, was the douchey Caleb guy. Was, yes, the douchey boyfriend. Douche with the drone. Drone douche. Yeah. But Jessica. <laughs> That's a new thing now, drone douche. Yeah. Um, she was, she played an awesome deadite. She really did. She was brutal. And there was a lot of fake outs, even in the very opening scene. Like you think, oh, this is a deadite. This is a deadite. Nope. It's a drone. And he, the guy's being a dick about it. That was a great opening. Like it opens with like the POV shot that's going through the woods. That was really neat that they did that. That was like a little twist. Um, it's like, ah, oh, I see what you're doing there. You're winking at us. Yeah. Um, so the cheese grater death later on in the film, and I won't dive into that too much. Um, I thought that that was, first of all, let me say that the evil dead rise hashtag on Twitter with the cheese grater <laughs> emoji is really fun. I saw, I saw a family who got t-shirts made that they were going to see it and they were pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we were trying to get our thing together for the Joe Bob show. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that the cheese grater, it's a great thought to use for a kill. It's a great weapon for a kill or a torture. I thought it would um, be a lot worse. I thought it was going to really, I was. I guess I, my mind was in Fulci mode. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, I wanted them to linger yeah. with that shot of the cheese grater. Yeah. I actually wanted to see, you know how you do it with the, cheese. The shavings. I wanted to see the skin shaving slowly yeah. coming through the grater. Yeah. And that, that didn't was, happen. No. If that was Art the Clown, we'd be seeing it, and then he would yeah. be pouring salt on top of the room, yeah. literally. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I give them a lot of credit because I would say besides the cabin in the opening, um, 
it's not even though I didn't feel like I was in the United States at any given point, um, except for inside the apartment, I get I guess you could say that. It also reminded me some of the lighting was kind of like the watcher with Micah Monroe. Mm -hmm. It just had that darkness to it. You, even it, darkner. It very darker European feel. It it did. It, it Yeah. It it maybe if we would have went into it not having read about it beforehand. But anyways, I do give them a lot of credit because I know, you know, we read that you know, they wanted to do, they really wanted to have Los Angeles locations, yeah. but with because COVID. of COVID and whatnot. And so New Zealand um, was on lockdown. So um, it's amazing what they were able to even do. Really. So Carrie, let's move on to um, some of the, the actual names of the actors and whatnot um, before we forget and move on. Cause I, I know we, we all want to talk about deadites uh, oh, yeah. and favorite deaths and whatnot. And there's a, there's some gnarly ones in here, but Everybody, it's it's the credit is due. It's Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie, oh, the main yeah. deadite. Um, it's really interesting, Carrie, that they focused on um, the deadite being the centerpiece instead of the heroine. Like I know the heroine, you know, played by Lily Suther Sullivan. Excuse me, Beth. Yes, she was a centerpiece. Yes, but the main marketing and. I would say for at least half of the movie, this was all about Elisa Sutherland's character. And then her version of the dead. I was kind of carrying everything in my mind. It was, it wasn't she, like Ash. No, you know, where the, the it became He's about the main him. character. Yeah. yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting take where you had the dead. I being the main character for the most part. Pumpkins, under pumpkin, pumpkins under She's there. trying to make a bed. I think bed out of your uh, blankets on the yes. floor. Okay. So, um, the two older siblings, Morgan Davies plays Danny, who due to an earthquake, um, excuse me, due to an earthquake finds the, uh, records in the book underneath their building and underneath the parking garage. Even there's an old yeah. vault that, uh, obviously was visited by a priest trying to, um, stave off the deadites in 1923, as we find out from the recording. Um, we do have... The other one, um, who is Kaylin and I's favorite character and favorite deadite, that would be Gabriel Eccles, played by Bridget. Yeah. Um, you have the neighbors, who I wish were used a little bit more. I actually will say most of the Evil Dead movies are very short. This one is a nice, you know, doesn't let up for basically 90 minutes. You know what? A solid I, length. I, I could I could have used ten more minutes. Yeah. And I could have used ten more minutes with the nineteen twenty three priests, and I could well five more minutes there, and five more minutes with the neighbors. Yeah. With Billy Reynolds McCarthy playing Jake, Jane Daniels playing um, Gabriel, Ty Winoa as Scott, uh, Mark Mitchinson, Mister Fonda. Um, I, I definitely could have uh, used just a little bit more of them, but I, I'm really nit nitpicking. Um, some other things that uh, we want to cover with the with the uh, cast, Carrie, is that um, some of their other works we can talk about really quickly. So um, the girl, first of all, Mr. Oh, Fonda. We can't forget to mention Nell Fisher, who played Cassie. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. She was amazing um, in her performance. And the mother-daughter relationship... Mm -hmm. Was just, yeah. The by the way, the guy Mark Mitchinson, um, he actually was in some of the Hobbit movies as Bra as Braga. I'm not really familiar with who that character is, 
you'll like this too, Carrie. He was in Underworld Rise of the Lycans, the old guy with the shotgun. Yeah. He was in an Underworld movie. I love Underworld movies. Um, The girl, Carrie, who plays uh, Bridget. Mm -hmm. Um, I had recognized her from somewhere before Gabriel Eccles. And um, she actually was... I thought she was somebody else, but there is a uh, a movie called Reminiscence um, okay. with with Hugh Jackman. I've heard of it. Yeah, you should. It was uh, like a couple years ago. I would check it out. It's a pretty solid film. Um, I, I've seen the trailer from it. I watched it once late at night. But anyways, yeah, check that out. Um, <coughs> let's move on to any other thoughts on cast and crew um, before we uh, move on. I thought it was really really well done with who they actually cast. Um, I mean, their performances and we talk, always talk about, yeah, I emoting. How about, how about the FX artist, Tristan Lucas on oh. just on the amount of blood and kudos to him and the creators for having different colored blood yes. or goo, I should say. Yes. They had the black the, acre, they had the slime, the white, slime. the white slime vomiting out. But then when they would get infected, you would see the blackness running it's through their veins. Kind of like Ash's hand. Yeah. Okay. Again, the cheese grater scene I thought was much to do about nothing, but what they what they did. Oh, what came after that scene was worse. Was that was that the glass eating scene? No, that. Are you talking about the Deadite Transformer scene? Who is your favorite non Deadite character? So, and, and then who is your favorite character turned Deadite? So my favorite non Deadite character is Cassie, little girl. I loved. The dynamic between her and her mother, who is my favorite deadite. What she did, she and her as a deadite, oh my God. The relationship that she played off of, the mother-daughter and like trying to trick her was so just, it was hard to watch at times because you're thinking like, no kid, no, don't fall for it. (laughs) But you know, a mother and a daughter, especially the baby, has that relationship where you're just you want to believe that they can come back um so my favorite non-deadite character is also the one that turned deadite and i'm going with bridget i just for me yes the marketing was all about Alyssa sutherland as ellie the posters around her the 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 you know and then of course beth lily sullivan's supposed to be our heroine um but for me it's it's gabriel eccles uh, as bridget um i just think she acted with her eyes that's what stood out i mean they all do but we always talk about the emoting through the the face yeah <laughs> where else would you be emoting from <laughs> um mr handy um <laughs> The uh, when she eats the glass, when she's uh, ghostly puppers, and I were talking about her crouching like Spider Man in the kitchen. When she turns around, is just chomping down, like real slowly moves down on the glass. Um, that definitely made me cringe. And then, um, like my least favorite character, I'm just gonna be real with you, is Danny. I it's just like. Yeah, you'll leave the room, Bridget. I'll stop playing when you leave yeah. the room. Uh, and then he goes on um, and just keeps playing the record. Well, I mean, in in truth and fairness, 
it almost seems like he had this impulse that couldn't be controlled. Almost like, you know, the Book of the Dead had cast a spell over him. Almost, yeah. It's almost like, um, like they talked about Fulci zombies. <laughs> Excuse me. People were joking about how, oh, like uh, Fulci zombies move at a glacial pace. How come you like they couldn't just decide to run and get the fuck out of there? It's like, no, the Fulci zombies jokingly said this. They put you in a trance and hold you in place before they bite you. So it was almost like, yeah, like the once the book starts or the records start, it like freezes you in place. It's like there's some it's not just an incantation summoning something. Part of that curse from the book is it freezes it you and you, you like once it opens it's like pandora's box basically yeah um so carrie let's talk about these notable easter egg references yeah. so besides henrietta's pizza which yeah. it seems like That's creature and demonette seem to like their pizza um yeah i didn't even pick up on that one i was too preoccupied for some reason um who's at my favorite teller <laughs> But that was a that was a good Easter egg. I noticed right away the grandfather clock in the lake house. But it didn't stop. The pendulum didn't stop. It didn't stop, but it slowed down. Don't stop me Wait. now. Having a good time. <laughs> a not so good time. <laughs> because the people in this house are getting scalped and butchered by drones. Um Yeah. So what about any Necronomicon or yeah. or vinyl, so old seventy eights. You had you had this. You had um, Beth. She made the phrase "Come get some." Now that was a nod to Evil mm. Dead too. Yeah, it was too. It was too. I yes. wasn't a big fan of it. I felt like, why couldn't they come up with her own thing to say that was like, oh, yeah. But it was a nod for fans. At least she didn't say groovy. No, that, yeah. But but after that, come get some is kind of like, eh. The chainsaw, you know. And, well, it's almost like. You can't have almost, an evil dead without a chainsaw. What I'm saying is, like, they referenced it, and it's like, oh, nice little callback and nod to Ash. But then it's kind of like, couldn't you come up with your own saying that people would have been talking about? That's how yeah. I feel about that. And one. I, I, I did not hear it, but I do believe that uh, we're, we're, Ash was on the records. Aha. Uh -huh. I see that since we last talked, you've been researching because I was going to say that yes. too, but you beat me to it. It's fine. The dead I get. I figured credit. when we were first saw this movie, I, you said, did you hear, you know, Bruce Campbell. I'm like, no, I didn't. But I said, if he was in this, he probably was on the record. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think that that's when he at the film festival showing that he, when he introduced Evil Dead Rise, when he said, listen carefully. Yeah, that was to me. That meant one of two things. He was on an audio tape recording because at the time we didn't know it was going to be a vinyl. Well, it's not. Or maybe vinyls. we did. They're no, not they vinyls. Yes, they are. They're 78s. There's a difference. Okay. Listen. There is a difference. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. I was either thinking that or it was going to be like, he's going to be some news or radio voice. That's where I thought when he said, listen carefully, I thought, okay, you're not going to see him. But what that means is that at some point, 
Ash utilized time traveling again mm-hmm. in, that, in this universe, not just 1300. He was in 1923. Um, trying to think of some other. I, I really am going to just say that um, the car is a reference, even though it's not a Delta. There's it's a still a, it's still a wagon, which you had told me, you schooled me that that's kind of like an evil Ash versus Evil yes. Dead reference. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> um, what are some Easter eggs that we wish we had more of? So the the Book of the Dead and Necronomicon. But, by the way, before I lose my thought, we need another heroine one-liner. Like, because I feel like the last one was Ripley. Like, get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. Couldn't we have had a really cool line? From a woman in this film, I that, think that so. would have been that would have been her own very own like one that somebody will quote forever. Sorry, I, I just can't let that one go. Yeah, I need. And let me tell you, lady, <laughs> that men love badass women in movies. I love badass women in general, but when you've got a really badass woman in horror, and you've got or sci-fi or what have you, and you've got that one liner, you remember that over a lot of you know, quotes or dialogue from men that stands out way more than well, anything a guy it's says. Not, it's not common when you think about what women are supposed to be and what they're perceived as it's not typical. So those women are kind of like off the cuff. Even if she would have just said, come on, you fucker or something like that. Like just, even if she just would have swore or something, I don't, you know what I mean? But I will tell you what I think that she will be known for will be and i'm paraphrasing this is a good segue to death and effects and i know i i talked over top of you um, let me hold mine for death and effects no, what's it no, what's no, yours no, you started already no at the end where she says my sister only gets to call yeah, me by that, that name. was that was a very that good. is the one line i'm going to remember from her yeah okay so anyways my bad i steamrolled you apologies other easter eggs we wish we had I wish we had more of the Necronomicon, a little bit more. We did get to find out more that, hey, this is probably book two of three. And we knew from Armory of Darkness that there were three books. So we actually got to see another book and we got another kind of like more deadites, different deadites, more supernatural beings. Um, They were different than the first book that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think something around like the, like if we would have heard from Professor Noby again, I think I would have liked that kind of callback. But I also don't like it when flicks will just be 1000% fan service and there's 5 million things. You know what I mean? Like somebody kind of come back from, you know, college and said, oh, yeah, it was, you know, I love Professor Noby. Like it would have yeah. been, that would have been felt forced, you know. But something around some of the other characters would have been neat. But I guess they did a lot of that in they Ash vs. Evil Dead. They, they did. had three full seasons that have a lot of that stuff. They had a lot of callbacks. They do. So um favorite death and effects. So I'll I'll lead the way with this one and I'm I'm cheating because I'm going to call it, as I've mentioned this a couple times earlier, the the Deadite Spider. Or aka the Deadite Transformer, Transformer as our son. where Alyssa Sutherland, Ellie, uh, basically combines with Danny and Bridget to become this Transformer, and that happens before um, Beth 
and uh, Cassie make their way in the in the buckets of blood elevator. Uh, they, that, the, was the, a, that was a callback to two with the pipe bursting. That was a callback to two, eh, but I feel like it's more of like, hey, shining, we see you. Yeah. So um, I wish that we would have gotten more of the black acker and white goo. I mean, there was a good bit of white vomit there was. in this one. So, um, and the vomiting of the blood too. When, when she, when Beth gets the dead eye transformer in the wood chipper and it, that one is my favorite death because you slowly see the limbs of Danny and Bridget getting chunked off of the main body of Ellie. And when it's just down to basically her neck and head, you know, she calls, you know, Beth by her nickname that only a sister would call yeah. her. And by the way, Beth got smarter on these deadites a lot quicker than yes. Ash ever did. Yeah, she, first she did not them. fall for any of the tricks. No, she's like, only my sister gets to call me that and just basically with the chainsaw just can I, can nudge just her say, right into the wood chipper. Yes. As a woman, she took charge right away. There was no hesitation. It was just like I thought shit, that we I'm were. I thought that we were going to have a fetus death scene. I honestly oh, did for a there split was second. For a split second, yeah. There I was, was Wednesday. I'm like, please don't. Not not. If I was just there myself with like, you know, not you, <laughs> I would have been like, okay, it's like anthropophagus. <laughs> you know, it would have been. It, I I would have been like, God, that was hard to look at, but it doesn't. It's not going to affect me the same way it affects you. Yeah. For good reason. Um, well, and, you know, her character didn't even know she wanted the baby at that point. But she naturally She was had asked those if she instincts. was going to have it, and she said, yeah, even before that. But she had those instincts, those motherly instincts that kicked in, I think, helped her not to be tricked because Mother Nature mm-hmm. was like, no, you're not my sister anymore. Although, to note, Ellie did fight the possession Oh yeah, she the said. Last... She said. I remember she said like you heard her voice and just like I'm burning down, I'm burning alive down here. And well, not just that, but she also said, "Don't to Beth, don't let it get my kids. It's inside of me." Yeah, that was good. What? So, what is your favorite death in effect? Um, so my favorite death is probably Bridget. Hmm. Probably Bridget because the way that she trans- slowly transformed and she got it via the the tattoo, you know, marking. Yeah, it's so funny because they they made that seem like it was going to be an eye thing, and it was kind of a fake out. It ends yeah. up being the tattoo needle, and then that's what does it to her. That's what infects her. Um, the next Evil Dead movie, I want to see the return of some green and blue goo, mm-hmm. like the big tree limb monster in Dead by Dawn. You know what um, the Beyond did so well? They had yellow goo. They did, yeah. You don't see yellow goo. No, no, we see orange goo in like Halloween 3. We've seen green. We've seen green. Green, Green's kind of like Friday. outside of blood. And green and... Uh, was it Return of the Living Dead had green? I could just be thinking of the overall theme of Return of the Living Dead. No. But yeah, green. We could use green again. Hey, I want to see purple. Yeah. I want to see like purple and neon, pink. And neon fuchsia. Maniacs could have used that. Ne- Listen, Neon Maniacs. <laughs> let's not revisit Neon Maniacs because it's got its place. It's in San Francisco. That would have been cool if it was purple blood, though. It's got samurai and caveman that looks like Johnny Lawrence Neon Maniac. Okay. 
somebody could take the Neon Maniac property and probably get away with a quote-unquote remake or a sequel. Can I? <laughs> Who wants to be the guy yeah. that pitches, I've got a great sequel idea for Neon Maniacs? <laughs> Can I just say that they could have used the apartment building more than they did? I would have liked to have seen them use it a little bit more. Wait a minute. Are we talking about Neon Maniacs or are we back to Evil Dead Rise? We're back to Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Um, Thank goodness. Because I don't think my brain could take any more Neon Maniacs. <laughs> I would have loved to see them utilize a little more. Although they did. I'm it, still recovering from the the Mardi Gras massacre. Oh, God. I've wiped that out of my brain. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to sit back and shut up and enjoy this whiskey. <laughs> Clearly, this whiskey is bringing back some some bad memories. Well, you fell asleep to that, so you didn't even see it all. Yes, I know. For posterity, I had to go back and watch it. Okay. That's what I do when you people are still asleep. I'm up super early like a neon maniac. <laughs> Can we get off the neon maniac now? See what I... Look, you know what? I'm going to have to go back and rescore neon maniacs because clearly... It left an impression. I le it left an impression on me that <laughs> I'm not willing to fully accept yet, but yet I can't quit you, Neon Maniacs. Okay. So uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I did now that you hijacked. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did enjoy seeing them use the vents. We thought for a split second that the cat was going to get it. And like, I don't know, the cat maybe did. Uh, who knows? But it was... It seems like it didn't get it. When they used the vents, and when she came down, Ellie came down and crouched behind the sister who was listening to the record playing, that was that was a good scare jump. And I know there was a lot of jump scares, and I think that's what Zombie Toots had a lot of issues with because he does not like jump scares. <coughs> I hear you. Yeah. So I, I think they utilized the apartment building that way and the elevator scene. Um, if it's kind of reminiscent to the first Evil Dead, um, hmm. where they're like hanging her with the ropes and stuff. What's that old game that I play on the arcade machine where the dude is going down the elevator? Oh, yeah. Somebody needs to do an Evil Dead Rise like 8-bit Atari um game sorry i went like really went off track there you did but it just reminded me i'm Isn't like it you just called elevator i think it's called elevator you <laughs> might be right but yeah somebody could take that idea with elevator and do evil dead rise make a quick little game out of it sorry yeah. um so carrie next section do you believe carrie more evil dead is warranted yes Yes, I told I told you before. I want to see even part of a movie that has the prequel with the nineteen twenty three events. I want to see that me at least that meeting take place. It doesn't have to be the entire movie, but I want to see that portion that's on the recording. Maybe our an army of darkness too that never was. You know, at the end of Ash versus Evil Dead, mm -hmm. we see Ash in the future. Oh yeah, because he took the wrong amount of drops. Well, no, that was the alternate ending to Army of Darkness that never yeah. happened. I'm just talking about the end of Ash versus Evil Dead, where they put him in the cryo or hyper or whatever that is yeah. sleep. Um, maybe in that universe. 
he, he gets to travel, travel to different places very easily because of technology. Mm-hmm. He could. But, um, or let's explore it in, the, in a graphic novel. That's cool, too. Um, I, I want to see it in the 50s. Yeah, you're kind of stealing my um, idea. But Sorry. I I do want to see it in the 50s or the 60s. Um, can you imagine, like killing deadites to jerry lee lewis uh like whole lot of shaking going down like the deadite somebody's oh. turning and he's shaking around uh, even beetles can you imagine the beetles. the beetles like oh yeah somebody's got like a deadite hand i want to hold your hand yeah um you could do like a whole evil dead 50 60 soundtrack to like but you would have to have an artist to do like images to go with the music yeah at least drawings or something to go with it like a like a fake album Almost, you know what I mean? With illustrations. Somebody make that happen. Um, that, I definitely, I definitely want to see that. To answer the question of this topic, yes, more evil dead is warranted. Um, I do want to see Campbell come back one last time. Even if it's a torch passing moment, he kind of yeah. did that in Ash versus Evil Dead in a way. But then at the end, it's him he, again. Out, he like Ripley outlives his companions so um guys we're gonna move on to rating uh carrie i'm gonna give this uh evil dead rise a 3.5 out of 5 my only complaint about this movie is that again i said earlier i wish we got to know some of the tenants given that this is evil dead rise high rise apartment um the other thing is i wish we saw more of the effects i understand that they might have been limited due to location and covid and whatnot <clears throat> pardon me and um Sometimes a deadite was covered with a blanket, and I wish we wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. Sometimes it scurried, the Transformer deadite scurried behind the car. Um, the lighting was just a little too dark for me. And I'm surprised that I feel that way, given yeah. the movies that I grew up on had a lot of really dark lighting. Like, ooh, I didn't it's mind in the it. shadows. But I didn't like it. I thought some of it felt purposely covered up. And maybe that was just effect like ooh, what's well, under that blanket well it's supposed to be a partially abandoned high-rise i mean they're all being evicted mm. so i think you it, things naturally would be darker given that good call good call but yeah it's just there's a few things i'm like eh, i wish they would have done a couple of things different i do enjoy this one more than the remake that's been a pretty hot topic on the socials you know which one did you like more the remake or rise it's really not fair to compare this to the first three in the evil dead from franchise. what i understand they're two different movies they're two different movies i would call the evil dead remake a hyper violent version of the original evil dead um so anyways yeah 3.5 out of 5 it's a few things i wish were different but i i think it's a very good movie I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 as well. For me, it was just the setting. It just it didn't seem like it was in the United States. Um, and I know with COVID, they struggled. I would have loved to see more of the Deadite action rather than them being covered up. That's just me a little bit more wishful. Hmm. Um, oh, wait, Carrie, we've got the male wolf. He's got something here for us. Oh. oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he did tell me that earlier. Okay, boy. Um we're going to hear from Jake, actually, Carrie, about... He's going to cover. He's going to cover our asses. He's going to talk. Uh, looks like a little bit about the 2013 remake. Case and Carrie. 
Why don't you come down here so I can suck your cock, pretty boy? Greetings, horror fiends. It's Jake, the Midnight Traveler, back to share another little piece of my checkered past with all of you to varying degrees of success. Now, I know that this will be another social outing for you and the rest of your family, and we are still on the whole Evil Dead saga, so I think it's now time for me to go back into my past for another installment of The Midnight Traveler Goes to the Movies. Asking me about my thoughts on the glut of horror remakes made between 2003 and 2013 is like asking a kid after the third day of fat camp his thoughts on tofu and rice cakes. It's a sore subject, and I have a lot to say about it. Hell, that might even be another side series for future letters. But for this tale, I will rein it in and share a little bit about one of the few exceptions to that rule. One of my best friends is Todd. Known each other since 96, but didn't become friends until 01 when we bonded over guitars and horror films. We stayed friends through college and young adulthood and took in countless films in various living rooms and basements, along with the occasional theater experience. I value his opinion on horror films highly, and if he recommends or condemns a film, then I usually take him at his word. In 2013, I was in a bad place. Surprise, surprise. And without exaggeration, I don't remember most of that year as a whole, save for a few moments. Well, when I got the call from Todd about going to see a movie that was a (gasps) remake, I was floored. But after I calmed down and did a little digging, I realized that this was going to be different. 2013's Evil Dead was a remake in every sense of the word. New cast, new story, new director, the whole bit. However, a little bit of research revealed that a few familiar faces, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Rob Tappert, were all listed as producers. Hmm. Looks like they more than have the blessings of the creators, and after all, it is the producer's job to bring the entire project together. Could this be one of the rare occasions where one does a remake the correct way? When we pulled into the parking lot of the venerable Showcase Cinema's North on McKnight Road, rest in peace, the site of most of my theater-going experiences with hope and anticipation for something good. At the time, I could really use a win, and even a good time at the movies with a friend can make a pretty decent impact on one's quality of life, even if it's just for a night. Tickets acquired and seats taken, and soon we were in the darkness waiting for the bloodbath to commence. I must say, it was a good effort. They assembled a solid cast, Jane Levy as Mia being probably the strongest, and the effects were all practical, which gained a lot of favors in my book. I guess in tone, it's a lot closer to the original, as the humor element is there, but it's played with a much straighter face than the last two Evil Dead films were. On top of that, they were also wise in not trying to recreate Ash through another character, which would have weighed on the film like an albatross. Uh, 
and thus sunk it to the depths forever. I think that they consciously chose what to keep and what to let go of when making this and really try to tell a different story, albeit with the same title and a lot of the same elements. Yeah, there was a chainsaw and self-amputations here and there, but I still get the impression that they were really trying to be as different as they could be here, and I, for one, genuinely appreciated that. That aside, both Todd and I thought that even with all that going for it, it just couldn't surpass the original nor completely remove itself from the shadow of the original series. However, on its own, it was a good film, and I would recommend it to others if they are curious. I can't remember if the night ended there at the theater. Like I said, that year was a low point for me in many ways, and by this point, my circle of friends, which is still there to this day, wasn't as up for longer hangouts like we were three years earlier. My memory is blurry, and I can't recall if we went to a bar or just went our separate ways in the parking lot. The lesson that I learned is that friends and passions can really take one out of the doldrums, even if it is only for about 90 minutes at a time. I guess that's all I have for this one, folks. Do I have more stories? You bet. I don't think that I'll ever not see going out to the theater as a fun event even if price gouging and dickbag shenanigans courtesy of the Alamo Draft House, more on those jags later, tries its best to keep the good times away. As for me, I gotta get going. I met this wild chick in the woods, and I guess I've always been a sucker for red and gold eyes and a bifurcated tongue. See you next midnight, Jake. Okay, Jake, thanks, man. You, you, you saved us. You know, we've got Carrie calling herself the dead-eyed over here. You need to catch up, Carrie. Listen. You need to watch the 2013 remake, Carrie. Were you, I mean, well, you were, but we were going through fertility treatment, so I think I have a pretty good excuse. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Drink that whiskey now. Um, Guys, listen. We love you. Carl Casey, Wipeout Audio, thank you so much for your tracks. Really does a lot to add to our intros. Um, I just love that horror synth sound that you create, man. Thank you so much again. Um, that was called your track. Good, sir. It's called fear incorporated. Um, yeah. Intermission guys, just a reminder, RSS, you can support us on Patreon. A note that we did simplify our Patreon. We've got one $4 tier. If you could leave us a review, um, support us. You can actually still even just donate it as little as a dollar if you'd like. And it would really help out, help us grow. Um, email us too. Email us messages on Twitter, Insta. We'll we'll be sure. We'll make sure that Mailwolf, aka us, <laughs> gets your message. Helps facilitate that, and then uh, we'll we'll get it on our episode. Um, if you join our Ghoul tier. Uh, we will definitely be in touch with you and let's hear from you. Like, Hey, I love this movie. Nobody talks about this movie. Hey, you know, let us know about it. Give us a a kind of a letter or a message and hell even send us a five to 10 minute sound file uh, and school us. And you tell us why your movie is awesome. 
Um, and, and, and we'll tell talk us what we'll, movies you want us to review too. Yeah, I mean, if you you join that uh, tier, well, we want to interact with you. We we want to start creating episodes based off of what other people want. So I uh, love you guys. Hey, and segment two coming up after our drive-in intermission, um, in horror, etc. We're going to talk Joe Bob. We're going to talk a little bit about Bubba Hotep and Rock and Roll High School. We love you guys. Take it easy. Peace out. Show starts in one minute. Before our patrons, men, women, boys, girls, through the cooperation of leading business places, you may now have free admission to this theater. Ask for dividend tickets when you shop at... Names of merchants who give dividend tickets are listed in the lobby of the theater and on circulars at the concession stand. Dividend tickets will be accepted on all standard box office priced films. So take a circular with you today and start saving dividend tickets tomorrow when you shop. See your next movie completely free. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, we are back for Horror Etc., our second segment, where we are going to talk about our love, our affection, <laughs> not just for each other, but for Mr. Joe Bob Briggs. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of our history of being mutants. Um, we're hopefully, I hope he feels okay, but uh, we're going to go see him at the Colonial Theater on Saturday, May 6th. If you're a, a fellow Pennsylvania mutant and um, or you're in the surrounding region you're going, we'd love to hear from you. Let's connect. Let's hang out while we're over there, have a beer or something. Um, already have some people carry on Joe Bob's Facebook group we connected with that we're going to try to at least go hang out for a drink or something beforehand. Um, pardon me. And, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit, Carrie, about, uh, not just Joe Bob, but Bubba Hotep and the, uh, rock and roll high school, which is the double feature. (laughs) Both are very fun movies. Both are a lot of fun. Um, probably neither one for different reasons would not get made today no, is my opinion yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. Especially Rock and Roll High School. High school. <laughs> um, blowing up the school, yeah. At the end, that wouldn't happen that today. That would not fly. Not with a mainstream band either, <laughs> uh, no matter how punk they were. Um, so, Carrie, let me, do you want me to start this off talking about Joe Bob? Um you know, my love for Joe Bob really goes back a really long time ago, before I even knew who Joe Bob was. So <clears throat> um, it really starts with uh, my family's love for Halloween. And my grandfather, <clears throat> pardon me, um, who was also big into Halloween. So you had my dad, and, and really it was him. Um, he was the big Halloween fan on, on that side of the family, but my mom's dad was big into it too. Um, there's a picture floating around of him basically in a drag outfit where he's got this garbage bag and silver hair and he's made to look up like a woman. And he just, it just works. Like every time I see that picture, I I laugh. And this is a guy that 
was in the Navy World War II, shot down, uh, you know, people in planes and whatnot, and lied about his age. This was a pretty, pretty rugged dude and has been through some things. Um, so uh, he loved it. My love kind of started around with watching A Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the 13th and sneaking, getting that said grandfather to sneak me the tapes out of the Eagle video store from Giant Eagle. And one of the recordings, though, I found it was, you know, the VHS tapes, excuse me, that my sisters would use to record, I think, HBO and the old 80s cable was once bitten. Mm-hmm. And one of my first Halloween costumes, I was four or five years old. My sisters had a Halloween party in our basement. And my dad had a bar down there. There was actually, there was no underage drinking going on, but there was really awesome eighties music playing. And everybody was a big fan of vampire movies at the time. This is the age of the lost boys. This is the age of the vampire in the eighties, the lost boys near dark and once bitten. Everybody knew, knew oh, everybody knew, what those in our movies area. were. Yeah. In our area. And so I actually went as Mark Kendall, the vampire from Once Bitten. That's pretty impressive. Yes. I'm going to have to pull that picture out and share it. And speaking of a movie that probably would not get made today, Once Bitten. Oh, yeah, no. For many reasons. So, yeah, I had the hair slicked back. I was the 80s vampire. I had like the flask, you know, because I thought I want to be one of the dudes out drinking on the town to uh, Three Speeds Once Bitten soundtrack. With the lip telephone. With the lips of moonlight shadow. See, you didn't think I knew about the soundtrack, but I got it memorized. Um, you knew who you married. Once bitten. But that dance-off scene, hands-off. That's my favorite. How did we get here? I wanted to talk about Joe Bob and Baba Hotel and, and Rock and Roll High School, and we're talking about... Mark Kendall. You dressed up as Mark yeah, Kendall. Yeah, so, okay. Th- thank you for getting me on track. So... My grandfather would tell me we would have these Halloween parties. You know, the par- it's funny how my sisters managed to get these parties going when my parents were out of town. Um, very typical 80s party. And um, yeah, he would, he would also, they would have Halloween parties up at the campground and Marine Camplands in Butler County, not too far from Slippery Rock University, by the way. And uh, he would tell me about a horror host named Chili Willie out of Pittsburgh. Hmm. And so my mind, even at four or five years old, understood this idea of what a horror host meant. And combine that with the idea of the creeper from Creep Show. Yeah. I kind of that whole guy who leads the wraparound segment, who introduces the shorts and the uh, anthology series and, you know, the different comic book sections within Creep, excuse me, Creep Show too. So the idea of, somebody expanding and talking about the movie you're about to watch or having knowledge about it or cracking jokes. Um, that was something I was familiar with at a very young age. And so while I was too young and I don't believe, um, you know, I don't ever recall being that little and, um, you know, seeing, um, seeing Joe Bob Briggs in some of his first outings. Okay. Um, I do recall Monster Vision is when I first learned of Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, and I do, I do believe because I used to watch TNT a lot. Yeah, I, I do believe I probably caught a couple movies here or I there. I never saw him on the movie channel. No, I, I don't think that that was even on my television. 
No, we had a lot. HBO was the forefront of a lot of. That's how I got to watch a lot of movies I should not have watched. It was that. It was Joe <laughs> Joe Bob's Monster Vision, and I actually remember the first time I saw him was Halloween, and Halloween two specifically is my very first memory of watching Joe Bob. Um, and you know me, it's funny. Probably Joe Bob subconsciously mm-hmm. influenced my love of continuation sequels, part twos. Because that's my very first memory of Joe Bob is him talking about Halloween 2 specifically. Um, and, but, I, and you know, Friday the 13th But that's my two. favorite Halloween 2. I know it is. And then would you say Friday the 13th Part 2 is yes, your favorite Friday? And that's mine. Okay. Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is my favorite Nightmare. Scream 2 is my favorite Scream. See... For me, it's still the original. Scream Six is tracking pretty it high is. for me. Lately. It is. It is up there. So I enjoyed um, it very much. I enjoyed it a lot better than four. So Joe Bob, I remember watching him on Monster Vision. <clears throat> I remember on the weekends, you know, around Halloween time, everybody would go to bed. I had this little God, I don't I don't know, fourteen somewhere between fourteen, fourteen and nineteen inch TV. That is actually my my grandfather, I mentioned earlier, upgraded his television in his camper. And so the TV from his camper is the one I had in my room. Oh, and it had a VHS player. Wow. It was a combo TV VHS player built into the, the wow. bottom of the television. And it fit perfectly within the dresser that's now in our son's yes. room. That big old yeah. dresser. Yeah. Still so that kicking. dresser has Joe Bob history. <laughs> running through its wood grain <laughs> it does and and our son he loves joe bob's voice he actually told us he actually got upset when he found out that he wasn't coming with us and just because it's too late oh you mean to the uh to the, call to the rock yes. story, yeah but he 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 actually told us that joe bob's voice calms him down it doesn't this is our our kids got um you know add odd sensory the sensory processing yeah. Um, this is the kid that he loves it when I put on eighties. He loves it when I would put on yacht rock, anything that's like just chill music. Mm-hmm. He loves it. It calms him down. It settles him down. And he loves his theme songs too. Theme songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it's funny cause like we'll be at night. I'll play a, an episode of Joe Bob, like, you know, like the house of the devil episode. Um, you know, that's not really all that violent. Anything that Joe Bob has that's like slow burn and more storytelling and spooky than gore and sex and all that is the ones that we'll we'll let them watch. Yeah, and they're not allowed to watch any any sex. Period. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just slips in there because we forget about it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, we. It's so funny because it is kind of it's kind of hypocritical. It's like yeah, I can watch somebody's eyeball I get know. gouged out by a wooden splinter, Fulci. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> But the, it's just, we're not, we're not anywhere near ready for that. So anyways, um, Carrie, what's your first memory with Joe Bob? Is it, it's It's, Monster Vision too? It's Monster Vision TNT. And I can't remember what movie it probably was. It was probably some kind of monster movie that I was watching with my dad. My, me and my dad used to stay up. We were more of the night owls. And so we used to stay up and watch all of these movies that I probably shouldn't have been watching. (laughs) eating snacks i probably shouldn't have been eating there's nothing better than being a kid staying up late watching movies you shouldn't watch and eating nothing but junk it's just the thing 
You guys know it. It is. And my dad, definitely. We both shared this love of monster movies. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, my God, I remember watching Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. So, <laughs> I love that movie. Um, so, let's go through, Carrie, and just talk a little bit. So we'll continue our Joe Bob history because um, I'm going to fast forward now. Um, for some reason that I can't explain, it just Joe Bob faded out of my memory for a little while. And I remember you were taking the kids out mm-hmm. to your parents for the weekend. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a bachelor. I'm like, yeah, I'll probably like go get myself some fast food. And I'll just, me and our wiener dog at the time, Bella, we'll sit there and we'll just watch the movies. And then I like, I don't know, even know how we had, I think it's because I'd gotten Shutter and AMC and I was like all into the walking dead at the time still. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, remember the chiller channel that we used to have through direct TV. And I was like, oh, Shutter, a horror app. Like, let me, let me get on this. Let me test this out. And it wasn't too far before you guys left for the weekend. And it was that weekend that Joe Bob's marathon came on. And I said, oh my gosh, how, how could I forget about Joe Bob? And, um, I remember it crashed and I couldn't get it, um, for a little while, but it was funny. It was kind of like off and on, you know, the circle comes on the TV and spinning. Um, but I, I had a great time. I did not really, it was funny how I stayed up late more that weekend than I ever had in a long time. And I think it's just cause like one, not going to lie, it was a little, it was a little creepy. Just by yourself. Just by myself. With Bella. With the dog. May she rest And I was up watching spooky movies with Joe Bob. Um, But I was like, and I remember you coming home, I'm like, Carrie, you got to see Joe Bob. You got to check him out. And um, definitely by the time when season one was announced, I was so, it was still me watching mostly myself. Like you would go to bed and I would watch it. And then I would say what by season two yeah, is when you started two. watching more of it. Started watching more of it. Um, yeah, so you were, I would say, some of the most famous episodes that I remember from the from the first season, like the Changeling, and I showed mm-hmm. you that one with Jorcey yeah, Scott. That was good. Felissa Rose was on there as the mangled deck expert, <laughs> um, as she's been come to known. Uh, Madman is a slasher. You still have to watch, and we actually. At some point soon, let's go back to season one and watch Madman. Okay. Um, because that's a great one. Wolf Cop, I still have on my USB playlist, Moonlight Desires from the Wolf Cop soundtrack. Um, I just love it. I don't know why. Um, the stuff you still need to see. Every time I eat ice cream, I'm like, how are you enjoying the stuff? And you just give me this weird look. <laughs> and then you will love Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night too. Yeah, I've been interested in that one for a while. I've seen one of the Prom Night movies, and I can't remember. If probably it's the, the one, probably the one with Jamie Lee Curtis is the one you saw. Yeah, I actually think Part Two is better. Really? So, uh, you've seen Maniac. Oh yeah. And we're moving. Sorry, we're moving on to season two. Chopping Mall, Heather's. I enjoyed. Oh, and I've seen Heather's before. So Deep, I... Deep Red was in season two. See, that this is what really I mean. Good. This is when yeah. you really this started. This is where I was back. like, okay, this is my zone. Yeah. Uh, speaking of George C. Scott, you need to see his episode of The Exorcist 3. You'll like that one if you like George C. Scott films. Um, 
I know I'm not going to get you to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Nope. I will um, pass. Mayhem. That was good. I really enjoyed that one. Okay. With uh, Steven Yeun. Yeah. That was you really need to good. see Scare Package. I can't sit here. Like, I know Joe Bob was in Hogzilla. That one, I think, can wait for you knowing who you are. Okay. Okay. But Hogzilla is totally, it's just a lot of fun. Like, I would like to do a, a combination of things in Hogzilla. Ugh. I I've walked in and seen you watching things at time upon time and I just every time I walk in I like I can't I just have to walk back out because I'm like this makes no sense the title of things is the most appropriate fitting title in all of horror movie history because the movie is filled with many different things there's no transition it's just so if you believe in season three meaning course i believe in season three um you need to see fulci's the house by the cemetery episode okay um i'm trying to think of some other ones ginger snaps you lot you, yeah, you loved, really loved carrie that. um maniac cop you just watched that episode that was good aha uh-huh, maniac cop 2 i actually enjoy better see there's really? my part two Ooh. there's my part two love again train to basan which we did an I episode did. of i really enjoyed train to basan we, we did do um house of the devil episode by oh, yeah. the way too he uh, did that in season one and we did an episode of that i love and that's where like that i enjoyed that that episode with house of the devil i enjoyed that very much because i love that movie would you say that that might be your favorite joe bob episode um i you know what though i really enjoyed the episode with jodie foster where she plays the 13 year old um was it the little girl that lived down the lane was that the movie? Yeah, little girl who lives down the lane. Yep. Yeah, that yeah, that was, was that was last with season. Martin Sheen, right? Martin Sheen is the pedo. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. He was a creeper. That was a really good movie. Um, you would like Evil Speak, the Evil Speak episode from season three with Clinton Howard. Speaking of um, Call to the Rockstar Night in High School Ooh. High, he was fun in High School High. Yeah. Uh, and then little the Little Shop of Horrors. I love Little Shop. The of Roger Horrors. Corman yeah. double with humanoids from the deep um see i love movies that are old like that I, yeah i do i really enjoy them well it makes sense because you know you're our resident uh evil dead expert <laughs> but not just that you are a resident hitchcock expert yes um i love hitchcock you i, I love the the thrill and beyond it. that you are a resident horror on the stage expert meaning f- really phantom of the opera mm-hmm uh, that's where I think it all really started for you in there. Oh my God. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm actually sad that they're moving it off the the majestic. My season, my two season four highlights. Okay. Is going to be Tenebrae, that which blew really our minds. Good. I'd never seen it until Joe Bob. I'd never watched it until Joe Bob featured it. Yeah. I enjoyed that more than Suspiria. Hellbender, which we did an episode on. Um, Yeah. That's that's pretty much been my journey, and I think a lot of people's journey. The specials, the Joe Bob specials. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the the vicious Vegas Valentine, the most recent special. Yeah. Um, I did love the Christmas special before that, um, and then I would say what was the Halloween hoedown was another favorite of mine. Um. 
You know, Carrie, he actually, a couple Halloweens ago, Joe Bob did a last drive-in on uh, a couple of episodes, uh, Days Gone By and Guts of the Walking Dead. Hmm. So, um, and he had, he had Nicotero on the episode. I could see that. Yep. Um, so, Carrie, let's move on and talk about Bubba Hotep. Yes, I actually really love this movie. Um, Bruce Campbell did an amazing job playing Elvis. Um, he, you know, and I love that he played not only Elvis, but he played Elvis who changed to Sebastian. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, that whole aspect where the real Elvis was still alive and that Sebastian was the one who died. Um, How about RFK? <laughs> you mean JFK? You know why I said RFK? Because we just saw that video with his son. Yes. Um, so I think Bubba Hotep, one, was five to ten minutes too short. But two, had a really positive, upbeat ending. I mean, I know, spoilers, guys, he dies at the end. They both do. But nobody lives forever. No one lives forever. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. think. I'm gonna think. <laughs> bond. Uh, huh? That was a Bond thing. No. Well, first my mind went to uh, Oingo Boingo, and then my mind went to the Highlander soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Bubba Hotep to Highlander. Um, Bubba Hotep is a Highlander. <laughs> what? Or not High? No. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. That is part of the Highlander. Highlander. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I was thinking of Outlander for a second. <laughs> Just a split second. I was thinking of oh, James, James Frazier. <laughs> now uh, you're talking. Hey, let it be known that I am part of Clan Fraser. You are. So, and McLeod. McLeod. Um, didn't bust out my Sean Connery voice yet, but now I am. Um, <laughs> so anyways, Bubba Hotep. My favorite moment in that entire movie is when the nurse comes in. <laughs> To put whatever cream or lotion ointment, ointment on his donger. Schlong. <laughs> on his schlong. Uh, and she notices that he's starting to get his groove back. <laughs> virility. His virility back. Uh, and his face, his facial, rea- his reactions um, in that scene. Again, it's all in the eyes. Uh, he's like, yeah, see, I still got it. <laughs> uh carrie what about jfk in this movie oh my god the, the, it, it's so ridiculous the it's so ridiculous but then you see like the mark in the back of his head and you're just like you know you have elvis thinking like oh my god maybe it really is true you know if i can switch places you know and blend in Maybe it's not so, you know, <laughs> far off that he really is JFK. So the so the Elvis impersonator, wink wink, who's really Elvis, and JFK who skin who died excuse me, died of skin, skin. Uh, were both alive, saving the convalescence home from this evil Egyptian force. Money mummy. Mummy, yes. Okay, you had to say mummy because the mummy is like your favorite mainstream thing ever. <sighs> Listen, it's just a good guilty pleasure movie. I can't resist any movie that 
has a mummy in it. I what's, can't. What's resist. the actress's name in the mummy? Rachel Weiss. Me like a waitress. Rachel. I can't even talk. What's her name? <laughs> Rachel, not Rachel. Uh, Rachel Weiss. Is that what it is? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. I like her. Yes. Me likey Rachel Weiss. <laughs> I love her as an actress. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my next crush. I guess is Rachel Weiss. Like my brunettes. Um, well, you know she's part Welsh, like me. Really? Yeah. See, this got that. You know, it all started with My Fair Lady. That's really where it happened for me. I think somewhere I, I was indoctrinated by My Fair Lady. And from that point forward, it was like, you will like somebody with brown hair and they will have Welsh ancestry. And picked. And Oh, yeah. You picked. Yes. You, you. I'm old. Somewhere, like old blood somewhere in you've me. got Merlin blood in you. Like old blood in me. That's um, for sure. First blood. They drew first blood, not me. They drew picked blood, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, shine boy. By the way, if you ever want to listen to the Rambo first blood soundtrack, listen to Dan Hill. Uh, it's a hard road. It's one of the oddest songs in action movie soundtrack history. So let's talk about now the other movie that wouldn't get made today. Rock and roll high school. Yes. Okay. With, with the PJ Ra- Souls. With, with PJ Souls and the Ramon brothers. Okay. And our man Howard. Okay. Uh yeah. When the school blows up in a seventies or eighties movie, you can be sure it won't be remade today. More importantly, I'm going to say that I would love to rewatch this movie at a drive in. This yes. will be a really fun oh, movie to drive in. With- As a double feature. With Grease 2. Oh, yeah. Not the first one. The first one's overplayed. We all know the first one by heart. Okay. At this point, I'd rather see an expanded Xanadu episode <laughs> with Olivia Newton-John. Xanadu. Yes. I feel like that Xanadu is a spiritual cousin to ABBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like ABBA could have sang Xanadu, but Olivia Newton-John couldn't have sang ABBA. No. Okay. I love ABBA. Can we get ABBA... In their prime to to do a horror movie soundtrack. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> well, they could do Fuji, Foo Fighters, yeah. Fuji. They okay. could do Fuji films because you know, like assault the like like Joe Bob was saying, like assault the vision, the senses. Yeah. But like, be easy on the ears, right? Like can they could I, have like a soft ABBA soundtrack to I a horror say, movie. Yo, um, I really want the soundtrack. I was digging the music. You mean to zombie? Yeah. Oh, we can we can make I that really, happen. I really was. God, I the married music. the right woman. <laughs> when you've got a woman that says, "I want the zombie soundtrack," it's a keeper. Guys, walk. Don't run to get a ring when your woman says she wants the zombie soundtrack. Seriously, she's the future mother of the resistance. <laughs> Sarah Connor, here's your zombie soundtrack. There will be no more future. Um, no more future babies. Not in this house. Nope. Mama out. What are your thoughts about high school high, Carrie? Because uh, I, high school high. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Why Whoa. did I just say high school high? Rock mm. and roll high school. Yes. I love that the Ramones made a movie and included themselves as the Ramones. Something reminiscent that like before them, the Beatles did. Like with a hard day's night, you know, it was very much, um, you know, marketing themselves and their music 
um, and the fact that it was probably marketing, you know, more songs, a new record and stuff like that. It was very smart, actually, a very smart thing to do. Um, but I thought PJ Souls was amazing in it. And she played this like she gets, music loving everybody's like writer. Right yeah, everybody's like right away Halloween, PJ Souls. I'm like, actually, no. I would argue her role was much, much more entertaining. I mean, of course she gets killed off in Halloween, but if I had my way, she would have survived the first Halloween and been around for the second Halloween. Well, she had a great death in Halloween. She had a great death, but now that I saw what she did in Rock and Roll High School, it was like, I she wish she would have survived potential. at least until yeah. the sequel. Yeah. I thought she was great. Part of me is like hoping that she's going to be at this, at this, uh, call to the rock star night, so, but I'm not, I listen, I just, you know, if I get to see Joe Bob, first I, of all, I hope it's not canceled for, and I hope, I he's just okay. hope he's okay above all else. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody I saw on the internets, you know, you don't know what to believe from the internet. Right. But that maybe he was, you know, had had some issues with his voice or whatnot. But anyways, yeah, I think above all else, just want him to be okay. And selfishly, yeah, like I really want to meet him. And um, part of me is geeking out thinking like, Bob, Joe Bob, let me tell you about how much I love police procedural movies. And part <laughs> of me is like, no, just keep the line, move them, tell them how much you love them and get out of there. Can you sign a couple things for me, Joe Bob? Like, I just love you, our son and our kids love you, the end. Yeah. But um, anyways, it, I, either way, we'll we'll make sure that we go see Joe Bob even, either now or later. So Yeah, at some point. Any other thoughts, Carrie? Um, I, I just, I really love the fact that you had the police chief in this movie who was in a lot of films. He was in a lot of films. The police chief in Rock and Roll Heart. Do you remember who that is? Um, okay, well, listen, we can't log out from this episode yet now because now you're like threw down a challenge. I know. Rock and Roll High School cast. He was in so many things, including Gunsmoke and The Virginian. Oh, my which, God. You know, you're my, really going deep yeah, on Rock and Roll High School. My, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You're, you're talking about the legendary Dick Miller. Yes. Holy shit, Carrie. Yeah. I mean... I mean, come on. My dad is the resident um, expert of Gunsmoke and the Virginia. Dick Miller. Yeah, he probably could tell Dick us Miller of what Piranha. episodes he was in. Dick Miller of A Bucket of Blood. Okay. That, there's even a special called That Guy, Dick Miller. Yeah, no, seriously. Oh, and he was in Inner Space, too. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that had a fuck of a career. Uh, the Burbs, Gremlins, Small oh, yeah. Soldiers, Terminator. Oh, <sighs> my God. And the list goes on. He had a great career. Dick Miller belongs on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the stars. Yeah. And if he doesn't have his own star, then I don't want to live in a world where Dick Miller doesn't have a Hollywood star. Because he was involved with a lot of amazing projects. Holy smokes. Uh, Chopping Mall, the janitor in Chopping Mall. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have to... We might have petition, to have petition. we might have to have a Dick Miller month next season, <laughs> Carrie. And I'm not really. I'm only half joking there. So okay, guys. Maybe we'll, season two. <laughs> what? Dick Miller month. Is this code for something? No. Dick, I'm gonna give you Dick Miller month. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't get that till now. The whis- wow. The whiskey's talking, folks. So that's our cue to bow out. Now, guys, we are again, we are so sorry for being late on this episode, but we are going. Life, life, life happened. Technical difficulties happened. Yeah, we are going to post this ASAP today, tonight. And now we are going to move on right away to episode 12, where we talk about Ty West's first movie, The House of the Devil. Wrong. Ty West's first movie is actually his student film, The Roost, with one horror host, Tom Noonan. I just want to know, how did he get Tom Noonan in a student production? We need to reach out and ask him. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. See you for episode 12 real soon.